Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 110. My name is Jeff, and with me tonight, DW. How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. I just, uh, this winter's been interesting. It has been. Yeah. Nice and warm. I keep thinking it's March out there, so my brain's going in another direction. Yeah. You know, we've had just enough wet and moisture and, and snow where as it melts, it gets muddy. And up here in March, it gets muddy. Really muddy. Yeah. And so it's like, are we in March? My brain's going crazy trying to figure out what, what time of year it is out there. And I know winter, uh, you know, by the time people listen to this, there's probably 14 feet of snow on the ground and 100 below zero. But it, at this point, that's not happening. But kind of interesting as we try and adjust. And back with us again, Jason. It's good to see you, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I think I'm in the same sort of funk that Dave's in and trying to come to grasp with what season it actually is. Yep. But uh, but it'll be good. You never know. Isn't it interesting how expectations affect your mood? It's true. It's true. Yep. Because yep. we, we've actually had a lot of cloudy days as well already. Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and not that we don't get that in December usually, but I feel like it came a lot quicker than it usually does. Yeah, and really up here, it's so different than uh, cities. It's Silver Birch Ranch when it snows and stuff. It's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. So nobody really hates the snow in that sense. Right. What we don't like is the cold without snow it's and the, the cold without. It's yeah, it gets, and, and your brains go <laughs> yeah. like, hey, mayday, mayday, we need something here. That's so true. I mean, I, I could enjoy it. I'm sure, I mean, Jason, you're probably still riding your motorcycle this time of year, aren't you? Uh, not quite. No. Not quite. It's, it's, it's a wee bit too cold for that. Look, he's a little nuts. He's a bear fan. But other than that, I mean, there, there's a line somewhere. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one wearing bear colors in the studio today. I'm I am saying. wearing bear colors. I get, I get accused of that. But on, on this shirt, it says Wheaton College. Which is their colors as well. Well, you don't see is the rated number on your back. Rated number <laughs> five in the nation in football, and yes, I'm wearing one of their sweatshirts today. So <laughs> it has nothing to do with the Bears. The Bears are perennial losers, and we love them in our division. Excuses, so we're excuses. Thankful. All right, we're done talking about that because uh, I think some of these podcasts go to Chicago, and I really love the people in Chicago. Because somebody has to be at the bottom of the totem pole. So, <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> That's awesome. Feel the love. On that note, Christmas is this week, guys. Are you guys ready for Christmas? Everything in order? And la 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 la. Wow. La 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 la. Nice. No, there's a song. There's a song. I forget who sings it, but there's a line like that in there. And whenever it gets on the radio, Linda looks at me, waiting for me to go fa la 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 la, right in the middle of it. So, <laughs> has that happened yet this year? Oh yeah. I'm a falalar. <laughs> I'm excited for Christmas. It'll be a lot of fun. You know, it's a great time with you and and Jeff with your children, the age there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, it has to be great. It's, you can give fun. them like a box, right? Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. We actually we we got some new appliances for our kitchen a few weeks ago, and there's the the microwave box. Yeah. You know, which isn't. Oh, I mean, there is other huge boxes, but the microwave box was a reasonable sized box. We left it. And we, he loves sitting in it, and we give him markers, and he just colors all over the box. Yep. He loves it. Yeah, like, enjoy that. Enjoy like, that time. Let's I mean, just return everything else we got for Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is a lot cheaper. <laughs> exactly. I, I think if it, when you look at it, you can give a child, and how old is Aiden? Two and Right. You can a give a kid months, that yeah. age a box. Yep. And they love it. Yep. Yeah, and some markers, and, and have them unwrap it. Yep. Oh, cool. And then sit in there and do, th- you know what? It doesn't have to be expensive. You know what's interesting? At times we like, because he's got toys, but he doesn't always play with them all at the same time. And so we try to take some away right. and put them away. And then like a month or two later, we bring them back out. It's like he got new toys. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, I'm like, man, this is brilliant. Let's just yep. keep a rotation going where we're set. <laughs> might, yeah. as well, might as well work the system while it works. Well, and it's nice yeah. too because you your ever- floor stays a little bit more clean that way. That's right. That's Did right. you guys ever, when you were growing up, I can remember uh, many Christmases. You know, we used to get the Sears toy catalog Oh yeah. Um, when I was a kid. And it would come out, 
you know, in uh, September, October, somewhere like that. And you just look through it and, and I can, and I can always remember wanting one thing, man, just one thing. And, yeah. and it would be burning in my heart. I need this one thing. And, and if I got it, and I didn't always get it, but if I got it, I can remember playing with whatever I got for about 10 minutes and then going out and doing something else. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's like, I remember that to this age. It's like, yeah, really, for months I dreamt about having that. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because thinking about like there was, when we were kids, and I mean, you're older than I am, but even when I was kids, there was always the, the catalogs. Yeah. And I think we, we've moved on in generations because there's no catalog. I mean, I remember Amazon. even the, the J.C. Penny catalog. You know, it was probably the size of like the telephone right, book. Right, And it came out. And I remember like there was a good quarter of it that was just toys. Yep. And I remember just going through it and I would yep. circle yep. all the stuff that I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like typical first world kind right. of thing. Exactly, exactly. But now you just have like Amazon where it's like, here, here's a suggestion. Yeah. You should do this. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it is a fun time of year though, especially with my kids. We went and got a Christmas tree a couple weeks ago and that was fun. It was probably the most fun that I've had with them last year I was carrying around everywhere that we went. So this year was it was a lot of fun. Decorated the tree and of course they love ornaments. So you got that going and gotta figure out how to not get them on the but I mean this time of year it's just it's it is fun. Enjoy the tree too, because one of my friends sent me a picture of their their parents' tree and their parents are probably in their mid eighties, upper eighties or even nineties. And and the tree is a, like a full size tree and, and they and the dad chopped it off about three feet high. So so you've got this this flat it looks like a flat top yeah <laughs> and and the, and the caption was that's as high as mom can can get on the on the ornaments oh. so so you walk up the house and there's this tree with a flat top and um and i'm thinking you know what that is that is cool yeah, i mean the trees through the years have changed yeah you know when when we had kids your age we would go out in the woods and we'd cut the tree we'd drag it in we'd do that kind of thing my wife and I this year for the first time went to a artificial tree. We're at that age where we just don't want to go drag it in. We we don't have kids to drag it in with. We did it for years, just the two of us. And the last time we did it, we goes, why are we doing this? I, I mean... You live on the edge of the National Forest. I know, but you should see how nice this artificial tree is. No, it, no. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. perfect. Let me give you another reason besides that. Besides being old and and not wanting to lay on the ground with my chainsaw and cut the tree down... We're going away to help my daughter with some things. And my wife has, is so diligent at watering that tree that it usually starts growing in the stand. That's good. Wow. Yeah. Well, no one's going to be around to water it. So we thought, let's go get it one we're not concerned about. So See, here's I the did it myth. for her. I did it for her. They sit on the lot for like a month before you buy it without any water. Not ours. We cut it off. Yeah. I know. I'm saying it's not going to die by going away for a couple of yes, days. Yes, but it wasn't a couple of days. It's, it's more like a week. But however, if it doesn't grow, we fail. It needs to grow in that stand. <laughs> and we've done it every year. I'm not kidding. You come back and, and after like New Year's, if it's still up, you got these little growth, these little buds going that sprouted out. Yeah. That's how good she is. Nice. So it's not going to happen with the artificial one, but I'm telling you, it looks good. And I pour a little of that essential oil around so it smells like a tree. And, <laughs> um, I'm just fooling us, you know. We're getting older. It's, it's, it, look at the tree. It's wonderful. <laughs> your ornaments are like you know pine and evergreen fresheners on it yeah same old <laughs> ornament but you, you know it's funny you go through the phases and you guys will i mean with the kids man it's great you go out get that tree drag it home put it up let it fall on them a few times i mean the whole works. Oh. that's fun <laughs> and then you get to be my age you buy an artificial one and you get to be but we went to uh, uh my in-laws and they're in their mid-80s and and they had moved into a smaller spot and they had an artificial tree but in their new spot, they didn't have a spot big enough for it. So we took the middle section and the top, and now they just have a shorter one. And, uh, <laughs> again, it's it's just part of life. Because, it, it, you know what? Christmas isn't just about the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's really about being with family. And if your family can only reach three feet up to put on or ornaments, cut the stupid thing off and let them put ornaments on it. You know, it's it's not about the tree. It's really about being with family and adapting to whatever they need to be with them and enjoy them. And and I was totally enjoying a shorter tree in my in-laws' place. <laughs> they enjoyed having it. I enjoyed that they enjoyed it. 
Yeah, it's not what they had forever, but it's not about the tree. It really is about something else. So Tonight on the show, our goal, our whole purpose behind it, it's the week before Christmas. And while for some that's a really exciting thing, for others that's a painful reminder of some of the pain that we've experienced in our past. So our goal on the show is, first of all, to have real joy this Christmas. That is always our goal on the show is to experience real joy. We want to see restoration of relationships and families around Christmas time happen where they are possible. And for those who are really feeling the pain and the burden of some things that have been happening maybe in the past that cloud over your Christmas, we want to help you turn that pain into a positive this Christmas season. So join us in a tweet back right now. Hang out with us on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. And this conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Hey, I'm Tiger McLuhan from Youth Leadership. Recharge is coming to Green Bay this February. We know a lot of adults, parents, a lot of youth ministries that are filled with caring people who love children and love kids, but haven't really had the opportunity to be equipped, given practical ideas on how to do that desire more effectively. Every children's ministry worker, every youth worker hopes that their ministry makes a difference in their small group works, the confirmation impacts those kids, but hope is not a strategy. To learn more about Recharge, visit ministryrecharge.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime, especially if this time of year has been difficult for you to go through. There are live coaches available anytime at hopenet360.com. Jeff, Dave, Jason with you tonight on the show. It is the week before Christmas. And for some of us, that's a really joyful thing. It's a really good thing. We're excited. There's just some excitement in the air. It's kind of a, a buzz or a hum, if you will. And for others, it's like we just want to crawl into a dark space and wait until spring comes back around, even though it does kind of feel like March some of the time here this month, Dave. This can be a painful thing. And tonight, our show is entitled The Chairs at Christmas Time. And the chairs being, there are a few different chairs around our, maybe our dinner table this Christmas. And for some, there's an empty chair. And one of those chairs, Dave, has to do with just feeling loss at this time of year. Just that feeling that there's someone that was at the table at one point and is no longer there. And just that feeling, that grief, that that feeling like you're just missing them is overwhelming this Christmas season. And so as we're talking about some of these pains, some of these things that we've dealt with in our past, some of the chairs that are empty at our Christmas table this year, we want to help unpack that a little bit and talk about what that pain really signifies. And really, Dave, if we can make, a, make this into a positive thing. You can. You know what? There's not anybody that doesn't have loss in life. It's kind of interesting that all of the really, really, really great things in life are also tied to really great pain in life. What do you mean? For example, uh, childbirth is a great thing, and there's great physical pain often associated with it. Yeah. Relationships are a great thing. I mean, I, w- I think marriage is the best thing God ever invented, and I absolutely adore my wife, and I love being with her. One day, one of us will probably die before the other. That's going to be extremely painful to go through. The greatest thing in life is this marriage, and the hardest thing in life to go through will be marriage. My dad died, and I was very close to him when he died. The greatest thing in life was having a great dad, a wonderful dad. You could be with him. The hardest thing in life was seeing him in a casket. You know, I mean, everybody, what we have to understand is that loss isn't new. It's not strange. In fact, we have to embrace the fact that the very good things in life can be very painful. Yeah. And the only way to avoid that is to avoid the good things in life. So Christmas time comes, and it's a good time. It's a good time to remember the gift that God gave us. It's a great time to get together with family. But it will also remind us of the pain of loss. And we have to understand that this isn't, isn't unusual. Do you define joy and happiness as the absence of pain? I feel like sometimes I do. I, w- I, I think, I think if we're talking theory that we we don't, but I think in practicality that's what our expectation sometimes is. Yeah, I, I would encourage our listeners if if you define joy and happiness as the absence of something, like the absence of pain or the absence of loneliness or the absence of, then you're going to be disappointed because all of the really good things in life are associated with some kind of pain. And let me give you an example. 
you love somebody and you're watching them get older and they can't take care of themselves, they get Alzheimer's or something like that, that's painful. Would it have been better, Jason, let me ask you this, would it have been better not to love in the first place than to have to go through the pain of watching somebody deteriorate? Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. So you can't separate right. the two. And and those who do get in a lot of trouble, because what they do is they, they isolate themselves. They say, I will never. Have you ever heard a young person say, I will never love again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Because they, they think that they can't because that's it. Yeah. And they got pained. And they're, yeah. They I will never do it again because, you know what? Love is painful. Yeah. yeah. There's no way around it. You can't dismiss the painful part. Um, when I was being rehab for injuries in football and hockey, there's a pain that comes with the rehab. If anyone's ever been rehab, they realize that they go through a period where they do they push through the pain in order to get better. Yeah. Now, if you don't push through that pain, you'll never get better. Mm-hmm. There's also a bad pain. So when you're being rehabbed, I remember I was trying to learn to walk again after some hip surgeries, and one pain was good. And, and then the therapist looked at me and said, that pain you just had was bad. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what do you mean? Pain is pain. No, there's a bad pain. Yeah. And there's a bad pain that destroys your ability to walk. Mm-hmm. And there's a good pain that builds your ability to walk. And you're wise to know the difference. And here at Christmas time, I think what happens is people will look at the losses in their life. And they begin to live in the bad pain arena yeah. rather than the good pain arena. The good pain arena in loss is this. I'm going to this year when Christmas comes around, there's going to be two empty chairs at least at my table. My mom and dad are not here anymore. And as a kid, Christmas is very special to our family. They're not there to celebrate with me. Now, I could do one of two things. That can turn into bad pain and I can try and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And people try and get rid of pain in all kinds of ways. They try and party or drink or get by themselves. I mean, you could try and get rid of it. Or you could stop for a moment and thank God that you had a relationship that was so special that now that it's no longer here on this earth, that it's painful. And and let it motivate you towards good relationships. Mm -hmm. See, one way the pain is destructive and one way the pain can be positive. But I promise you this, you will not escape the pain. So if you're sitting this, this year, this, this Christmas season, and, and you're thinking, poor me, I have loss in my life, that makes you human. Mm-hmm. And, and what you do with the loss, and if you build walls and say, I'm going to do things, too many people will go and try and escape it through alcohol or whatever. And I'm telling you, enjoy the pain. One of the hard things that I tell people when they lose a loved one to death, and, and they've loved them, like my dad. I mean, there's no reason I had nothing... I had a great relationship with him. He died of a heart attack very quickly. There was nothing unsaid. There was, mm-hmm. It was a great, you know. What I would tell me in that situation would be enjoy the pain. You had a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. that was worth having, that you will miss. And, and what it does is it starts to give you a realistic understanding of what sin does. Because sin always separates for a while. Yeah. Sin separates us. We are going to die. That's because of sin. And this whole Christmas season is one where we celebrate the fact that Jesus goes on the other side of that and says, I'm going to fix it one day. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, that if those are people are thinking about loss, I think you need to reframe it a little bit and take a look at the idea of having it as good pain instead of bad pain. You know, Dave, I, I think part of it, too, is, is even like, and you're getting it at the end, is keeping the perspective on the bigger picture of things. You know, not saying that it's bad to grieve a loss of something, but at some point you need to realize the bigger picture. You know, and I think of Job in the Bible, you know, I feel like whenever there's talk about loss or pain, you know, that's a common theme, you know, looking at the life of Job because he had a lot of stuff, you know, and he had family and things and a lot of that was taken away. And the way that he shrouded, it's not that he didn't go through pain, you know, he went through pain, he grieved the loss of so many different things, but in it, he was able to look at the bigger picture of things and say, all right, God, you're the one who gave, you're the one who can take away Blessed be your name. Help me to trust in your bigger plan for this. Yeah. And help me to move on. Yeah, I don't think you should kick the pain out. I think you should enjoy the pain. Right. As silly as that sounds. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you should enjoy the pain because it represents something positive. It represents something good. Yeah. Don't try and escape the pain that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's an important distinction to make. And I think it takes time to work through that. Uh, The worst thing, like you were talking about, Dave, the worst thing we can do when we have pain from loss, a loved one that's no longer here on this earth physically with us, 
is that we will blame ourselves. We'll do things. We'll pretend like, well, it really didn't happen. Or we'll try to just kind of not talk about it. Let's, you know, let's leave it as an elephant in the room, but not really discuss it. And sometimes, you know, it is important if it's been a few years to, to not let that be your central focus. Sometimes our holidays are kind of hijacked by that pain and just feeling the sadness. I think as we talk tonight, I want to hopefully bring it to a point where we can consider, we can think about moving that pain, that negative to a positive. And it does involve talking about it. It does involve kind of filtering out some of the identity things we've allowed to creep in. Like, you know, maybe it's my fault. Maybe you felt regret, like you weren't able to say something to them before they passed away. Maybe you feel like uh, there was something that was just unresolved in your past between the two of you. So there's just that feeling of guilt and not sure how to deal with that. Those are things we want to unpack as we go on the show tonight. Connect with us. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you got some thoughts to share with us on the show. You can always email us at hope at hopenet360.com or jump on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTV, and this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. Hi, I'm Tara Kay. World Relief is excited to partner with HopeNet Radio listeners this Christmas to provide welcome kits for newly resettled refugees. World Relief Fox Valley has resettled 135 refugees this year in Northeast Wisconsin. Show them what Christmas is all about by giving the gift of a welcome kit. Check out HopeNet360.com slash welcome. That's HopeNet360.com slash welcome. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Also, all this month, if you are interested in helping provide some really great things for refugees, things that are practical, that can help refugees that are coming here and looking for just some sense of normalcy, we are partnering with World Relief this month to provide welcome kits to refugees all across Northeast Wisconsin. So, if you're interested in that, check out HopeNet360.com slash welcome and you can provide a welcome kit to people that are in need this christmas season so jeff dw jason with you big conversations tonight talking about the chairs at christmas time and while christmas is meant to be a time of joy you know the the all the songs that we sing all the christmas carols that we end up talking about a lot of them have to do with joy to the world follow la 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 whatever uh we sing these songs but in our hearts we really don't feel it all the time and the reality is where a lot of us are faced with pain that is, it can be difficult to go back and reflect on. And tonight we want to maybe help parse through some of that pain. And so this could be a difficult conversation to have, but I hope that tonight it is inspiring. It is something that maybe helps you move that conversation forward and maybe take a step forward in that process of grief or the denial that you've lived in for so, so long to be able to live a life that you can be openly honest and say, yeah, I've really, I've experienced some of these pains tonight. And guys, the second chair is, is all about sickness. And those who at this time of year are feeling sick, maybe they're in the hospital, maybe they're going through some treatments. Uh, I know a number of people, a number of friends that have been going through some stuff there. This is also a very difficult chair to see at our dinner table this year. You know, not everybody uh, writes positive songs. I mean, that guy wrote one about grandma got run over by a reindeer. I mean, that that's not a good one. That's out there too. That's, that's a, forget no. that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, so not everybody writes. You know that song, don't you? Yeah, and I actually never thought twice about it. Until yeah, now. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's not overly positive. No, no. no. All right. So no. not everybody has a positive thought for Christmas, and some people actually flows into it. <laughs> Would you consider Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer at Christmas Carol? <laughs> no, well, it's got reindeer, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, even know the rest of the world. All right, I don't even know. Wow, that was a tangent. Yeah, uh, not uh, at all. Not even close. Frosty the Snowman is borderline. Yeah, well, anything that doesn't have the name Jesus in it is probably not a Christmas Yeah, there carol. you go. It's probably something there else. It's probably a Christmas song or, or something, Falderall, right. something like that. You know what? You're right. I mean, everybody that's living right now is living, and one day they won't be. Right. And something's going to happen along the journey of this, what we call life. And so we celebrate. You know, if you're going to have a Christmas this year and everybody in your family is healthy and you can get together and all healthy, it, you know, that's a, an enjoyable time. Enjoy that. If somebody is not healthy, you can enjoy that time as well Yeah. because it's going to be that way for the rest of your life where people are on all parts of the scale here. Sickness isn't something that is new to mankind. It isn't something that's uh, odd. When I see somebody who's sick, first of all, I'm thankful that I'm not God personally. Because he's the one that chooses 
how long everybody stays on this earth and when they leave. Yeah. And I'm glad I don't have that assignment. I wouldn't want it because I can't think of a good time to do that, you know, for anybody. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want that assignment. Mm. But we went through many, many Christmases with my mom who suffered about 10 years of strokes. Mm. We would bring her to my house and my brother would come up and we would spend time with her. And, you know, it was a big deal to bring her to the house and be a part of our lives at that point because she had a lot of equipment that had to come with her in order for her to stay with us even for an afternoon. And um, we went and, and made a, a kind of a journey with a vehicle to get all the equipment so we could bring her uh, so she could be in our home during Christmas time. Sickness doesn't change the value of a person. Hmm. It doesn't change the importance of the, the holiday. Right. It doesn't change anything. What it does is it allows us to express in a new way our appreciation for that individual. And um, not only that, you guys have heard me talk. I have, uh, and I've said it openly before, I have narcolepsy. And I have some other issues that are, are prevalent in my life that I cannot get rid of. And I have learned that in the sickness, there is a tremendous amount of power that God gives an individual to enjoy this life in a different way where others miss out on understanding the things that they can actually accomplish even though they're sick. I can meet with people that nobody else can meet with. In fact, this week coming up after this recording, I have three different doctor's appointments that I have to go to. Hmm. I am looking forward to all three of them. One of them is a new doctor with a new, in a new place with a new staff. I am so looking forward to it because I haven't been able to tell them about Jesus yet, and I'm going to be in a position where I've got to sit and talk to them. Hmm. If I was well completely and if I wasn't struggling with something, I wouldn't be able to go see them and I wouldn't be able to tell them anything. Mm-hmm. And in the end, here's what I think, if we can keep the end game in mind, that when we stand before God, the opportunity to tell people something that will allow them to, to have a relationship with God will be the most important opportunities a person has. Yeah. So in this strange way, I have a special opportunity that God has given me to go talk to people about God. If I'm sick, people listen to me. They don't shut me out. They don't tell me not to talk. They listen. Mm-hmm. So it's a special opportunity that I have. I actually do funerals. I, I actually like speaking at funerals. And, and it's not because I like the funeral, but it's the one opportunity in life where you get to say something and people will listen. Because out of respect and out of the atmosphere for that moment, they listen. I guess I'm spinning it to a different way. I think if this Christmas you're sick, this is one of the greatest opportunities you have to show people and to talk to people about what's important and what's real. Yeah, and that's a really interesting point because all of these things, the pains that we're talking about, pain, I think what one thing that pain overall does with us is it takes our focus off of some of the fringe things, the things that all of a sudden we just they don't feel like they matter anymore because I've got pain, I've got this that I, I have to make sure that I focus on and either numb it or get treat it, you know, get rid of the pain. Uh, we all do that in different ways, and I think there are healthy ways that we do that and there are unhealthy ways. We talked about that a little bit. But even with this sickness thing, we can either try to mask it, put on a good face and pretend like it's not there, or we can, you know, look at it and, and just say, Well, how can I embrace this? Dave, I love your example. The one thing about the pain and the hurt that we feel from being sick is that it does help us to chisel off what doesn't really matter. When we talked about loss, one of the things that I was thinking about was, you know, my family and I talked about going out and, and getting a Christmas tree recently and you know, if those people weren't in my life, if I didn't have my wife and my kids, I probably wouldn't go and go and cut down a tree by myself and bring it home and decorate it. That's just not me. I enjoy doing these things with the people that are in my life. So I'll do that because it's one of those things where I just, I enjoy the time that I'm spending with people. And so whether they are here, maybe they're here and they're dealing with a sickness or an ailment that uh, is pretty serious. We all have a way to, you know, shift our eyes and to focus on what it really means. I have a really good friend right now that might even be listening to the show tonight. And every week I see her at church and I've known her through some of the years. I grew up in a church that I no longer attend now. And she was there and was good friends with my mom and my dad. And, and now she's at the church that I'm at now. And recently she was diagnosed with a form of cancer and she's been going through treatments. And every single week I see this gal sitting in the seat and I go and say hello. And she always smiles. She has the biggest smile on her face. And I mean, she looks great. She really looks great. She's beating cancer. Um, but the one thing that stands out is she's just glowing. And I ask her how things are going. And one week she just say, you know, everything is good. God is good. I have a chance to tell people how good God is. And I'm thinking, what? 
you're fighting cancer right now. How, how in the world can you have this perspective? And she does. She, she gets it. She understands that, like you, Dave, you can take it, you can embrace it, you can do something positive with it, or you can sit and do the opposite and feel sorry for yourself. And, and I think sometimes that emotional strain can actually add to the burden of fighting whatever illness you have. So I think what we're talking about, Dave, maybe we're going to cover this in the second half of the show is that joy isn't necessarily a feeling that comes and goes or whatever, but joy in some ways has to be a choice. Do you agree with that, Dave? It is. It's a position. I mean, we are given positions in life. And when you are, are put in a position that's tough, you are in a perfect spot to show the world hope and to show the world who God is. And if everything's going normal for you and everything's going, you don't have that position. So those who are sick, if they love Jesus and they walk with him and enjoy the process of being loved by God, you are now in a position that is very critical to show the world who he is. Stick around. The second half of HopeNet Radio is coming up. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio, and I'd love to invite you, our listening guest, to a special weekend at the Wolf River Refuge, sponsored by Silver Birch Ranch, a time where we get together and learn how to really study the Bible. We call it Digging Deeper. It'll be held February 19th to 21st. You can find more information at wolfriverrefuge.org. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this conversation tonight, just remember you can always subscribe on your favorite podcasting app to the HopeNet Radio podcast. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight on the show. We're having somewhat of a deep conversation. When don't we have a deep conversation on this show? But we want to help you guys to find real joy this year, this Christmas season, especially because it is a time when we celebrate joy to the world. And that is the only thing that really matters is that Jesus came to this world. We're going to talk about this later in the show tonight. And uh, guys, we've been chatting about some of the pain, some of the hurt that's been evident in our life for a long time. Some of us have actually addressed the pain and, and struggling through the grief process. There are others, though, that have lived for years in denial. And my heart, our heart here on the show is that hopefully this conversation will help you to take a step forward in that process and maybe dealing with the grief, maybe dealing with some of those things that we've just been living in denial about. And I want to encourage you, if you need to, there are live coaches available right now that you can chat with right now. Visit HopeNet360.com. Click on that Talk to a Live Coach button there on the homepage. So we're, we're having this deep conversation, guys. One of the things that we've talked Talked about the chairs that are around the dinner table at Christmas time this year have to do with loss. Uh, we talked about sickness; those who are maybe not around the table because they're fighting a, an illness or a disease that's really just taking a toll on their body, and they can't be there physically with us, but they're still here. So, how do we? And I want to talk in the second half of how we actually have joy. Can people that are dealing with things like dealing with loss and grief and illness, sickness, people who are what I would call this third chair being estranged or alienated from the family dinner table, can we all really come back and have real joy this Christmas season when things just don't feel normal, don't feel like they should? Yeah. Have either one of you guys dealt with relatives or uh, close friends that you've been estranged from because of, for some reason? Where they, they, they just don't want to be around you anymore or there's tension when they're in the room or anything else. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. What goes through your head? I mean, what, what do you do to solve that or is it, do you want it just to go away? Um, well, I'm the sort of person where I, 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 I like to problem solve. I'm a peacemaker. Okay. Um, so in my mind, it's like, now, do you I'm make peace to... or do you solve the problem? Uh, probably both because I, I have both tendencies. Okay. <laughs> So in some ways, you just like to cover it over so there's no problem. Yeah. And in other ways, you'd like to solve it so there's no problem. Right. One way there is a problem still, and the other way there isn't. But right, yeah, right, yeah. depending on which one supersedes in, in any given moment. But. Yeah, well, I, I love Romans twelve eighteen. It says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's a key verse. And one of the key verses, one of the key things that we understand there is, it's not totally up to me to make sure that everybody is at peace with one another on the surface because that doesn't mean that the undersurface is at peace. Right. 
the real important thing in life is to do things in life where I am not intentionally causing somebody to be estranged from me, and I have to examine my own life and see that. Yeah. I might be doing something. The honest truth is, uh, we've joked a lot about being a bear, Packer, rivalry, that kind of thing. The honest truth for me is I became a Packer fan when I lived up here because being a bear fan seemed to cause all kinds of trouble. So I just said, okay, I'll be a Packer fan. It was more like I, I'm going to do everything I can to not ruffle those feathers. When I go to Chicago, I tell them I'm a Cub fan. You know, oh, okay, he's one of us. You know, it's like I, I look for ways to say, you know, I'm still a part of this whole group. It's not because I'm wishy-washy or anything. It's just because I'm trying to do my best as far as it depends on me to live at peace with everyone. I'm not trying to find things that we disagree with and, and beat each other up. Um, I, I could joke with you, Jason, on being a Bear fan because I, I am confident that it doesn't matter. Right, right. If I thought for a moment that it mattered, I would not joke with you about it. Yeah. Because of the fact that I have the responsibility, as far as it depends on me, to be at peace with all men, not to do things to estrange men. So I think there's two sides of the formula, Jeff and, and Jason. I think, yeah. you know, it's one thing to have somebody say, I don't want to talk to you, I don't want to be a part of your life, I'm estranged, whatever. It's another to look at my life and see what have I done to estrange them and see if there's anything I could do differently to invite them and see if I can fix that. So I, I, I just think uh, Romans twelve eighteen is a verse that people should look up and, and, and put somewhere for this Christmas season so that when people come in and they are strange, they say, I'm going to deal with any reason that I have or in my life. And at the same point, I'm looking forward to uh, repairing this. And if they don't let me, I can't do anything about it. I'm right. still going to not have anything in my life that's going to, you know, I'll stand before God clean, hopefully. Yeah. Dave, this is a like any other family. We all have these kind of dynamics where someone's not around the dinner, dinner table, and we all kind of have an idea of why that is. It's a complicated thing. It's not like it's just, you know, this person backed into my car last Christmas, and I got a big dent out of the deal, so I'm not going to invite them over. It's like there's there are layers to this where some people in, in my family, I experienced this in, in some parts where some people are just, they're not really welcome at the house, and it's not really... My not welcoming, although I'm probably lumped in because I go to this party, this gathering, and they are not, apparently they're not welcome at the table, and not my doing, but the ones that are hosting this thing. So it becomes difficult, so I've seen that in my life. I've also seen some uh, some difficulties in people that I've talked to with families. As soon as they become Christians, uh, their family kind of excludes them, like they're all of a sudden weird. And so there's that kind of alienation that just kind of, it, it creates a tension and it creates kind of a rift between families. And it's layered, it's complicated. Uh, how do we have these kinds of conversation? What would you, I mean, is there a way, guys, that we could actually encourage people to have a dialogue and not to say to reinvite yourself over to a party, but, you know, it's, it's kind of awkward. It, it kind of, you know, these are the feelings that a lot of people even myself, I felt too. Like, what's the right thing to do in those situations where you're not the one rejecting them, but these people are, you're not with them during the holidays because, you know, you're with the other side of the coin, you're with the other team, you know, kind of a thing. There's just this, this division that's happening in families all over the place. You know, I think obviously, you know, relationships can get complicated, but I think it, there's a lot of truth in what Dave was saying in, in Romans twelve eighteen, where we can look at, at our role in it. Cause obviously there's always a couple sides to a relationship. And so if we look at, all right, what can I do to, to make sure that I'm doing what I can to improve this relationship? And, and I'm not saying that's easy. Um, that might be awkward. It might be difficult to try to start a conversation. But if you take that step to try to solve or, or resolve whatever situation it is, I mean, it seems like within families and, and different contexts, that might get messier as it goes. But whatever the context, you know, just just take that step and say, all right, here's, I'm going to try to do this on my half. Yeah. And, and that might fire back in your face. But, but part of it is you've done that step. You know, and that other person might need time to take their step. Right. And so it might not happen overnight and then might not resolve. But at least on your on your side of things, you're being faithful to the responsibility that God has called you to. Right. And, and in Romans 12, if you look in context, it says this. It helps us understand a little bit. It says in the 17th verse, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Yeah. See, we tend to do that. So if I've done that, Part of a reconciliation process is going to the person that we've paid the evil back and say, look, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have. You might say, I don't want to do that. They deserve the evil I gave them. Mm -hmm. Well, then you're going to stay estranged. 
because that's not how it works. You need to be able to take ownership of what you did wrong. I mean, in anything in life, if you want to straighten it out, it comes first in recognizing my responsibility and my wrong and calling it wrong and then repenting from it. That means doing something about it. Mm-hmm. And and so here, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. So if you did that, you go confess it to them. And they may not forgive you, but that's not the issue. And then it says, respect what is right in the sight of all men. Do what's right. Yeah. And, and that's what we do. And then it says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will pay. i just say this real quickly. There are certain responsibilities that belong to God, and if somebody is doing something wrong and they refuse to change, it is not your responsibility. It is God's. He will deal with it. He knows how. Don't play God, but let God be God. Your responsibility is to do what's right to that person. Your responsibility is to, to be the person in that person's life who, who will welcome reconciliation and to own the problem if you have a part of it and, and confess that and go on. And, and it could be that reconciliation take place. But if not, you still have a personal responsibility to do what's right. If our only reaction to this is being willing to pray for those people who may have wronged you, you might be the one that's on the outside looking in this Christmas season. Take a moment and pray for them. The interesting thing about the Christian life is not that we feel these feelings of revenge, even though we do sometimes feel like, oh, I will hope they get what they deserve because they've outcast me and, and now I don't know what to do with myself and I'm so angry inside. Take a time, and if you really want to know the heart of God, it's to actually reconcile. But it's not even up to us to do the reconcile part of it. It's actually up to God. So the whole forgiveness process, all these things that we need to unpack a little bit more, we're going to do when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio. And when I'm not doing radio, one of my favorite things to do is teach at the Nicolay Bible Institute. I invite you to check out this one-year Bible and service program at nicolaybibleinstitute.org. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Also, while you're there, this might be a difficult conversation to have tonight and you need someone to talk to right now. We are live on Twitter right now. You can message us anytime. You can message on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. You can also shoot us an email. We would love to read and respond to your emails, your messages, even throughout the week if you're listening on the podcast. So all you got to do, send an email to Hope at HopeNet360.com. Our website, HopeNet360.com, does have live coaches available anytime you can chat with them this might be bringing up a lot of emotions a lot of things that you've tried to hide for so long and you feel like maybe this is just the right time to start a conversation and to maybe start facing some of the fears some of the guilt maybe some of the feelings that you've had for years and you've just not opened up to anybody and talk about it this is a great way to open up that dialogue and discuss some of these things you've been feeling for so long and guys our fourth chair tonight we're talking about some of the chairs around Christmas table this year some of the empty chairs that are there. The first one being loss. Second, sickness. Uh, we just talked about being estranged or alienated. Some of us uh, have family members that are no longer welcome at the table for one reason or another, whether it's their faith or the way they're living currently. How do we have joy in light of all these things? And the fourth chair, guys, has it's a huge can of worms. We're not going to be able to unpack this entire thing tonight because it affects us on a lot of different levels, but abuse there are things, maybe the place that you would normally go to around Christmas time, there's someone there that has really hurt you in a deep way and that, oh, you're not even comfortable. Let's not even discuss the idea of being in the same room or even the same town, the same zip code as this person who's really hurt you in the past. Uh, this is a huge thing, guys. A lot of people, and it's not talked about a lot because it's so uncomfortable. It really does hurt us on a lot of different levels, whether it's kids or adults, young adults even have experienced it in a very real way, in a very hurtful way. This is one of those things where it, again, it divides families, it divides people in relationships, and uh, this is a real serious thing, especially around Christmas time. How do we unpack the abuse that we felt in our past? You know, abuse is always uh, thrives in the shroud of secrecy. One of the things that we want to do is live honest lives. Uh, if somebody is listening today and and the idea of family getting together is nerve-wracking because of abuse that took place, and it's still a secret, and nobody knows about it. One of the things that I would suggest that they do is they go to an elder member of the family, 
preferably one who loves Jesus and, and looks for reconciliation and says, you know what, I really struggle because this is what happened to me. And I was abused at some point and talked to him about it. There are times where the body of Christ needs to kick in and help other people who have been struggling. And it could be a pastor, it could be a youth pastor, it could be somebody that you need to go talk to to help you walk through some of that because, uh, you know, a couple of things come to mind and, and uh, Jeff and Jason just kick in when you want to on this, but a couple of things come to mind. First of all, we, we end up really being embittered towards people that hurt us. Um, and that's really hard not to do. But the truth of the matter is that sin is what we should hate and not people. People do practice sin, and the sin is painful to anybody who's involved in it. But we're all sinners. So in, in some way, all of our sinful behavior has affected other people, and we need, to, we need to understand that. And that's why sin is so dangerous. Sin separates us. It does. Sin separated us from God. Sin separates us from other loved ones. Sin separates us from good relationships. Sin separates us from joy. Sin separates. Sin is the great separator in life of everything good. Mm-hmm. And, and Satan has portrayed it as something that we embrace in order to find good. And that's not true. We have to call sin what it is. And then I think we need to go and talk to people who love us, who are older than us, and confide in them, and, and start a process of either reconciliation or whatever, because nothing's going to change in life until we realize something has gone wrong and we do something in life to, to make it different. Now, if the other person is going to change and that kind of thing, well, then there's other attitudes. Then, then you need to start hating sin and not the person and praying for the person. And, and honestly, there's some things you can do. And really, I would suggest you do go to hopenet360.com and talk to a, a live coach there and, and, and talk to him about your situation and, and start to get some guidance and, and closure on some of it. I think a good thing to do is, is talk to somebody about it. I think that's the first step to help you be able to go down this path of, of healing um, and forgiveness because it, sin is messy unfortunately. And that shouldn't keep us, though, from allowing the lightness of the truth of Scripture and who Jesus is to penetrate the darkness that sin has created in our lives because of sin that other people have done to us or sin that we've done. Right. Too, sometimes the people that we are estranged or or have abused us um, aren't here anymore. So there's no way to fix it. Right. Yeah. You know, in that particular case, again, I think hatred for sin and what it does and then looking at our lives and, and running from sin and also, you know, I've always found it interesting that for some reason we, we focus on the past and we're looking backwards so much that we can't look forward. And then we wonder why we keep tripping all the time. You know, we're not watching where we're going anymore. We're, we're so consumed with where we've been or what's happened in the past that, that we're, we can't go anywhere because we keep running into things. I, I would suggest there's a time in life where you say, you know what, this, what somebody else did to me is not my responsibility. My responsibility is how I respond, and I'm going to respond by hating sin, not the person. I'm going to pray for that person because they're victims of this too. They're victims of sin in a yeah, way. Yeah. And, and I'm going to pray for them, and I'm going to move forward. I'm going to see what I can do with this. And once we become honest and we start talking to you, there are many people out there who have suffered many ways that can help others who are in the middle of suffering right now if they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they understand what it is, and they understand what they need to do. By the way, if you've been abused by somebody, I, I was the kid at the Chicago Public School that everybody made fun of. Back then, bullying was something you shrugged your shoulders at. It just happened. And, and I was that kid. I was overweight. I was in a wheelchair and car crutches for a while. I was the easy kid to pick on back then. So, you know, I understand that. However, I could focus on that today and say, yeah, when I was growing up, people made fun of me all the time. Or I could say, you know what? Isn't it cool that, that God made me a certain way and he loves me, even though I, I was rather awkward when I was young? Mm-hmm. you know. And I can go forward with it and, and talk about how God has changed my life and how the, the perspectives have changed and how understanding truth has changed things. And I honestly have forgiven all those people. And, and in that process, I became healed. Yeah. Regardless of what has happened to you, the hatred for sin, being in God's family, the love for God, and forgiving people whether they ask for it or not, is part of the healing process. Yeah. You know, when Jesus looked at the people that were crucifying him and he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. Why? They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody abused you and they're, they're living out their sinful fantasies, I am telling you something. They really did not understand what they were doing to harm. They really did not understand how they were disobeying God's way and etc. Because if they really understood those things, they wouldn't have done it. 
And and I think what Jesus said was critical. You know, Father, forgive them. Why? Because they really don't know what they're doing. Because if they did, they wouldn't be crucifying me. But they don't. And the key is getting people to know who God is and what life is supposed to be about. And without that, we've got a mess out there. Some people might push back and say, yeah, they absolutely knew what they were doing. And they still did it anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the other part of that sin nature that we have in us is that we actually delight in the darkness. We, we've decided to trade in what is good for a lie. And it, it stems from far, far, far back. And usually what I found, Dave, is that people that are hurt, that have been hurt in the past, who've been probably abused or have been in some way damaged, as we would say, it actually almost invites us to take part in that as well to people that we encounter along the way, whether it's people in our family or our friends that we emotionally abuse them, or some people become physically violent because they've been treated that way in the past. And that's not an excuse for abuse. There is absolutely no excuse for any kind of an abuse. I think, Dave, it is important, as you said, to know where the responsibility lies. And I have to take responsibility for my actions and sometimes my inactions. Uh, but I think that's another loaded kind of a, a comment there that I would like to unpack probably in a different show. But one of the things that is always important is to know that, yes, people mess up, people make mistakes. There is a potential, there is the possibility, and I think we need to seek after forgiveness in our life to be able to be able to look at that person in the eye and say, you know, what you did to me was absolutely wrong. I don't know if any other way that I could forgive you except that I know that God has forgiven me. And because God has forgiven me of my things that I've done wrong, that I've messed up, I'm going to forgive you. And even if they don't ask for it, that's the only real tangible way to see your heart change, to actually invite joy into your life this Christmas season, is to be able to, in some way, in some small step, be able to take that step forward and say, you know what? I understand now God has forgiven me. God has set me free from maybe my past, my things that I've made mistakes on that I thought were pretty significant. Uh, God is the same way. He sent his son Jesus to be what we celebrate this time of year to come and to be with us on earth. Eventually, he would die for the sins of mankind, that that responsibility he took upon himself, that Jesus became ultimately responsible for the things, the hurts, the pains, the abuse that has been done for you. That's huge. That will help open your eyes to understand that, you know what, there really is forgiveness, and I can even offer that forgiveness to that person who hurt me in the past. That's a huge thing. You may not be ready for that yet, but I invite you to go and chat with the live coach tonight if that's you, and maybe you need to just unpack some of that with someone tonight. This conversation will wrap up here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's tweet back right now. We're hanging out with you guys on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. We're wrapping things up with this conversation tonight. It's been a huge, huge topic, guys. It seems like a really big Christmas table. Lots of empty chairs we've talked about at the dinner table this Christmas. But... Right now, it all comes back to joy. This is joy to the world. Our world is crazy. It's chaotic. But I think we've talked about some ways that people can discover how to have real joy this Christmas. And so I'm, I'm kind of wondering your guys' final thoughts. Jason, Dave, what do you guys think? This is a big conversation. I go to this verse that, like so many people know in the Bible, John 3.16. Because we can look at all the failures. We can look at our disappointments. We can look at this sinful world and be depressed even about what could have been and, and isn't. Or we could look at the fact that God knows that there's a problem with this thing called sin. And during this season, we pause to remember that he did something about it by giving a gift. Hmm. He's the one that gave the gift so that we could have life and, and we could have it more abundantly. You know, I mean, John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave. It, it wasn't that God so loved the world so he pouted. It wasn't God so loved the world, so he punished. It wasn't God so loved the world, so that he, he withdrew because we're all meatheads. You know, I mean, he didn't do that. God so loved the world, he saw there was an issue down here with sin because he gave man choice. And choice is an important thing we could talk about someday for a whole program. But he gave us choice. We messed up with it. And there's this sin thing. So God gave. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life the next verse said for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him 
You know, if you're not in a relationship with God, if it's because of your sin that separated you from him, and you'll never be okay. And if you're going to be okay ever in life, in any relationships, at any time of the year, in any season, you need to be reconciled first to God. And, and what you first have to do is realize that you're, you're like an orphan. You're, you're like somebody that has no hope unless somebody comes by and sees you and says, I have the resources, I have a way to take care of you, and I want to do it, and I'll take care of it if you let me. God looks at this world and he sees us as people who are desperately lost in our sin. And that sin is so painful. And he has the resources, and he, and he sent his son to take our place, to die on the cross, so that we could have an entry point into his family. And, and it doesn't erase all the, the evil that ever happened in the world, but it gives us a future and a hope. And that is my wish for all those listening uh, tonight. If, if you're not a member of God's family, you need to realize that it's not because God doesn't want you in his family. It's because you haven't recognized or responded to his love. And I invite you to go to John chapter 3 and read those verses. And I invite you to accept the love of God. To accept the fact that this time of year, the great gift is his son Jesus, who came to die on the cross to take your place. Being able to understand that you're sinful and separated and accept the gift of Jesus who died in your place and put your trust in him instead of your works or, or this sinful world or brokenness. You put your trust in him. The only thing you can really offer God is your neediness, your, your sinful condition. And he says, I know who you are. And I sent my son so that you could be in my family. And when you're in my family... I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to just force sin to go away. That's not going to happen in this earthly life. But I tell you what, you will have hope because in the end you're going to win this thing and I can help you live life with the right perspective. No matter what happens here, you will understand that there's hope for the future. If you're struggling with that, I invite, uh, I invite you to become a member of God's family. If this, if you want to talk more about it, go to hopenet360.com, talk to the, the live coaches that are, are waiting to talk to you about it. Say, I need to be in God's family. Help me, help me walk through this. I really hope that you would accept the greatest gift ever during this gift-giving season. You know, Dave, I, you hit it right on the spot. You know, I, I love Christmas because it allows us to kind of refocus what it's all about. I mean, it's, it's God's solution for humanity by sending his own son, Jesus. You know, and I just love, I love all the Christmas carols that we sing because there's so much truth in it. You know, one that comes to mind is joy to the world. You know, it's one that we sing all, you know, we know the first verse where we joy to the world, you know, Lord has come, let earth receive her king. But there's the last verse in there and I think it really is, resonates with what we're talking about today. It says, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. You know, that's the truth of what Christmas is all about, is that Jesus came to solve the problem of the sin and the curse that it brings. And so I realize that none of us are perfect. I realize that we're in situations that aren't perfect. And we've talked about in the show, but the, the thing that I do know is that Jesus came to solve that problem. And when we enter into that relationship with him, he gives us the strength that we need to take it one day at a time and to make it through those hard situations and to face those hard situations. And that's what we need to embrace this holiday season. You know, whatever mess is going on in our lives, we need to turn to Jesus because he's the one that's going to give us the strength and the ability to just take it one day at a time and just trust in him and lean on him. And that's the cool thing about the Christmas season is that's our hope and that's what we get to, to look forward to and share with our family and our friends. Yeah, and in a way it's making it about him and his right. gift. Absolutely. And accepting yep. it and less about us. Yeah. So, Merry Christmas from Silver Birch Ranch. That's right. <laughs> you know, even philosophers have a hard time philosophizing about pain and suffering. There's no good purpose for pain. Sure, it's got the potential to make us stronger in some cases, but for what good? I mean, really, without God, what good is pain? Pain sucks, and I hate using that word, but how else can you say it? I mean, pain, nobody wants to live in pain if they had the opportunity or the choice in the matter. However, when God sent Jesus into this world, he didn't say, here, look, I'm removing pain from this world. No more suffering, even though sometimes that's how we would pray. Instead, he said, here, look, I am making the pain meaningful and significant, and I will be with you through it. 
So there are many people today that are living with that pain, living with regrets, living with that. And God said, no, I'm not going to take that away. Instead, I'm going to walk with you through it. I'm going to make it significant. Eventually, Jesus would suffer with us. He would suffer for us. And even 2,000 years ago, it still matters today. So that one day, everything will be made new and right and just as God had meant it to be from the beginning. Though there is pain, there is hope. Pain indicates something is not right. Jesus needed to come. Just like Jason said, J- Jesus had to come so that things could be made right, so that it would become significant, so that it would become meaningful. Now there's meaning in your pain, and you can actually spin that in to make it a positive thing. Because of Jesus, your pain can now be mastered. You now no longer let your pain control you, but it has significance. God is greater than your pain. And he's greater than your sickness. And he's greater than your stuff, your past, your mistakes that you've made. And God has made things right because he sent Jesus into this world. So tonight, I want to invite you, we all want to invite you here on the show to become part of God's family. And there is no better time than to do it at Christmas time. The reality is God sent his son for you. You may not understand why that is. There are live coaches available right now at HopeNet360.com. They can share more about that with you and talk to you about why Jesus really had to come. Why did God send him to the world? Uh, why did he send him as a baby? Why couldn't God just come down as a, as a man and come and, and you know, guns a-blazing, swords a-blazing, whatever, and come down here and just take away all of the evil in the world and make things right again? The reality is God is a God of reconciliation. He believes in the process of turning hearts back to him. And he uses people like you and me. You might be sick tonight. You might be going through something in your past that has really been weighing you down for a long time. He still has a plan for that. He still has a plan to build his kingdom in spite of those hurts and those pains. What a, you know, an incredible thing that I've experienced in my own life. And I'm sure, guys, you've experienced the same things in your life. As Christians, we now see those things in our past. They become more significant because they allow God to really use us and to understand and to be able to bring somebody else who may have gone through those same exact circumstances. Even right now, God can use us to bring people into his family in this Christmas season. So for all of us here on the show, Merry Christmas. I hope you guys have a great Christmas. And of course, we'll see you guys online and next week. Bye. Later. Thank you.